I was thinking about what to bring to you all today. And you know, I could bring a typical, hey, you're going to college. It's a new start, you know, whatever. Go get them. Um, typical kind of send-off message. But I didn't really want to do that because y'all have already heard that so much. And um, you're gonna, you've probably already heard it at your commencement speeches, at, you know, whatever. And so um, I was really asking God what he wanted me to bring today. And so um, I think that he had put this on my heart to share with you all. Um, and we're going to be looking out of Ephesians. So if you've got your Bibles with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 15 through 21. And it says this, it says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, therefore, do not be foolish, excuse me, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of a reverence for Christ. So when I was thinking about maybe what God would want me to share with you all and what I think that you would need to hear, um, I was just going through my mind of, you know, what what is important um, for you all at this point in time, for graduates, and, and, and this isn't going to be just for them, by the way, this is going to be for, for everybody, um, but especially as going into college, what what is beneficial? What do you need to hear? And uh, there's a book, uh, I don't know if you know, it's called Don't Waste Your Life by John Popper. And I was looking at that and, you know, just some of the words um, and things he was saying in there uh, started to sink in with me. I said, I think that um, they need to hear some of these things. And so... Um, We'll get right into it. So I think when we look at this verse, it says, walk as wise, not unwise, and make best use of your time because the days are evil. I think that is something that maybe that's a verse for you all going into college to memorize because I think that the use of your time is one of the most important things that you all can manage, one of the most important things that you all can learn to use um, as you go into college. Time is truly one of the only finite resources that we have. You can't get it back. And so we must use time wisely. And so you are in these years that you have time. Um, and sometimes it doesn't seem like it. Oh, I've got all this homework or I've got these projects or I've got sports, I've got whatever. But truly, this is about the most time that you're going to have in your life. As you get older, your time seems to get consumed with so many other things. And good things a lot of the time, but other things. And so for you all who are young, graduating high school, those in college right now, this is my encouragement to you today is to leverage these years for the gospel. You know, I think so many times we don't 
think about it this way. You honestly right now have the prime opportunity of your life, and you are going to be in one of the largest mission fields that you'll ever be in, whether that's going to college, especially if you're going to college, or even if you're going into the workforce. You have a massive mission field, and that's your campus. And so while you're there, leverage these years, this time that you have, use it wisely, leverage it for the gospel, and you, because you, you won't get these years back, and you won't get this opportunity back. As you get older, your circle shrinks, uh, your circle of influence shrinks. And so use what you have now, all the clubs you're in, all the classes you're in. Uh, I guarantee you that you interact with hundreds and hundreds of people on a daily basis. And so while you're there, make the best use of that time. I think too often we forget that this is an opportunity. And I think for most of us, hey, college is this thing that we do. Everybody does it now, right? Pretty much, hey, you just need to go to college. You need to go to college. You know, you've heard that all your life. And, and we don't really know the why behind it. So you got to get your degree so you can have a job, right? And that's all that anybody ever thinks about is got to get that degree so you can have a job. You can make money, live the American dream, right? You know, have a family, settle down, yada, yada. And, and that's all we think about. And that's really sad because I think that there's so much more to these years of college than just sitting in class, doing your schoolwork, getting your degree. I'll say this. Too often college becomes a four-year experiment of how much we can drink, how many people we can sleep with, and how little responsibility we can get away with. And that's not to mention the indoctrination by your professors. Know this, even people who grew up in the church, we see it, they go off to college, and if you look at the stats, many fall away from the faith. It becomes this party time, it becomes this time where, oh hey, we just get to hang out with our friends and do all these things. And that sounds stereotypical, but it is. It's the truth. And and believe me, I was in college at one point. I've I've seen it. It wasn't that long ago. Um, and and so when we go in with the mindset of this is the time where I can just shirk responsibility and do all these different things that I'm free of my parents. You know, I can I can go party with these people and have fun, and I can go, you know, there's so many other people here now, that, so many other cute guys or girls or whatever. Um, I, don't have to, I don't have to be responsible for anything. You know, mom and dad are paying for me to live in the dorm and go here. I might have got some scholarships or whatever. And that's how you're living your life for those four years. And some of... You would say, no, no, I would, no, it's not how I'm thinking. But then your life bears that out. And many parents would say, my kid would never do that. But the vast majority do, unfortunately. And so what I want for you all is not that. Because what does that gain you? What does that enhance or further your life? What purpose does that give you? And there are plenty of people on your college campus say, I believe in Jesus, I'm a Christian. But they're doing all these other things and they look just like the world. They're no different. 
I love Jesus, I believe in him, but they're doing all these other things. This does not lead to purpose for your life. It doesn't enhance it. I think you need to ask yourself the question, what happens when college is over? What happens when these four, six, eight years, when they're over? How does this advance your life? All these things, the getting drunk, partying, getting around with guys, girls, whatever it may be, ultimately just lead to regrets and to shame. And you never hear people say, I wish I would have partied more in college. You never hear that. When they get 30 and 40, 50, it's always, I wish I wouldn't have done X, Y, Z. Now, we're all going to mess up. We're all going to make mistakes. Nobody expects you to be perfect. But are you living your life intentionally for the gospel? Are you looking just like the world? And honestly, I think there are too many people, honestly, who go to college and really don't need to for multiple reasons. But I think one of them is this expectation from parents that has been ingrained in us um, for whatever reasons, it's, well, you have to go to college. It's the first thing that happens when your kid's born, set up a college fund, right? I'm not saying that's wrong, by the way. It's fine. Okay, I think that's a good thing. But do you have to go to college? I commend people when they go into the workforce after high school because they are, they are purposing their life towards something. They are working towards something. And, and in college, you can do the same thing. But sometimes we go and it's a four-year or six-year thing where we just shirk all this responsibility. And you're adults, but you don't act like adults and you're not treated like adults. You're treated like kids. And parents, may I say this, that your, your kids, they're adults. When they go to college, treat them like it. Give them responsibility and expect it from them. Don't let this be a four-year experiment on how much responsibility they can get away with not having. Um, and we see this because some adults still live like they're in that stage of college. We all know people. They still do all the college things. They're 35, 40. They're the weird people out there. They're like, why is this old guy at the frat party, Right? Right? We all know these people. Look at their lives. What is the purpose? What do they have to show for all that? It's not the things of God, and really it's not a lot at all. So now I'm going to kind of stop talking to the graduates a little bit, and I'm going to talk to the parents just a little bit. Parents most important thing that you can do right now, be involved in your kid's spiritual life. Number one thing that you can do. Where, and you see this in those in college and those graduating on mass numbers that are either exiting the church for one reason or another, you can go look it up, or they claim to be Christians, but their lives aren't really showing up. They're not involved in church. They barely attend. And if you ask them to quote a Bible verse besides John 3.16, most of the time they can't do it. 
And parents, this is, this is on you to be involved in your kids' spiritual life from the very beginning. Because we're raising a generation of spiritually apathetic people right now. The spiritual apathy in this country, especially among people my age and younger and your kids' age, it's only increasing. I think Vody Bauckham, he's a pastor, if you don't know him, look him up, he's great. But he said this, he said, the modern church is producing passionate people with empty heads who love a Jesus they don't know very well. Producing passionate people with empty heads who love the Jesus they don't know very well. My prayer is that that would not be the case for your kids. And as much as we try to do here, and, and I know in the youth, I, I, I do my very best to teach them, you know, from the Bible, good theology, um, get them involved in serving all these things. What we do here is this much compared to what your impact is as a parent and family. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, is Proverbs prescriptive 100% for everyone? No, it's not. Sometimes you raise up your kid in the church the way that they should go, and they still do. But this is a general rule, and, and this, this proverb, I think, will bear true for most not all because we live in a sinful fallen world, but most, that if you will raise your child and be spiritually involved, that even when they get older, they will still be involved. But by the time they're a junior or senior, honestly, it's, it's too late to start because they've already got their world worldview developed. By the time kids are 14, 14, they have their worldview developed. That's young. That's, that's freshman in high school. Now, high school is growing gears, and certainly they can change. I change a lot. I see people change a lot in that time. But by the time they're 14, they pretty much got their worldview developed up here. And for the vast majority of them, that's how it's going to be for the rest of their lives. The stats bear it out. By the time someone graduates high school, the faith they've established will in large part be the faith that they practice for the rest of their lives. And so parents, when you don't make church a priority for your kids, don't be surprised when one day Jesus is not a priority at all. Make it a priority now when they're young. And this is how you start and continue generational blessing. When you see families in the church that have been here for 42 years, right, who have been here for years, and you see the grandparents are in the church, their kids, the parents are in the church, and their kids are in the church, and then one day their kids are in the church, and they're loving Jesus, they're serving, they're leading, they're doing all these things, that's a generational blessing. Start that if you don't have it, and if you do, continue that. Don't be apathetic in this. Generational blessing does not happen on accident. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen in the absence of intentional effort. 
to start it now. If it's not a thing for you, go ahead and start it now. And God will bless that for your children and your children's children, just like the song says. But right now we seem to have this culture where more parents are concerned about their kids knowing their playbook than they know that than they know their Bible. Sports or school or extracurricular activities, band, whatever is God. Most will sit around the dinner table and they'll talk about sports, band, clubs, education, school, whatever. But very rarely or not at all will they ever have a gospel conversation at their dinner table. So set your kids up to be successful when they're 30 and 40, not just when they're 18 and 21. Because what's going to matter then is not that you lettered all four years of high school. I promise. That you were the football star or the soccer star or the, you know, whatever on your team. You were, you were, you know, captain from freshman year and, um, you know, you broke the school records or whatever. That's not going to matter. And we all know the people who still live in that. We see people who do that. Back in the day, I was, you know, I was the star on the team. I broke all these records. Nobody could stop me. That's great. What's it doing for you right now? Be honest, it's a whole lot of nothing. To set your kids up to be successful. How do you do that? Read scripture with them. Have a family Bible study. Whether that's weekly or even nightly, or whatever, set up times to read scripture with your kids, to have a Bible study, to talk with them about these things. Catechize them. We've lost catechisms in the Baptist church for whatever reason. Um, it's a great way to learn scripture. If you don't know what a catechism is, go look them up. There's plenty of really, really good ones, okay? I promise. You can teach your kids when they're young, and they'll remember them forever, they're easy. They're, that's literally what they're made for. Catechize your kids. Play Christian music. You know, one of the best ways that we learn scripture and learn theology is through music. And we're very intentional with what we sing here that you and your kids learn these songs because the theology contained in these songs are what gets stuck in your head. And maybe not for all people, but for me, certainly, I remember music way better than I remember just reading scripture. I wish that wasn't necessarily the case, but it is. And so we learn through music. And we do this because if you read in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God. It is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Or you can say it this way, it teaches you how to be right, get right, stay right, and help others live right. And this will impact all the areas of your life, where you work, who you date and marry, how you use your money, etc. What you do with your kids now will impact all of these areas. And so, getting ready to close here with this, what are you living for? Students, 
Parents, what are you living for right now? Students, as you go into college, what are you living for? What is your goal? I encourage you, don't waste your life. And here's some ways that you can live on purpose and not waste the time that you have. Okay, I'm going to give you four practical things, all right? So when you go into college, all right, join a campus ministry. There's some great ones. The BCM is great. Baptist Collegiate Ministry, join it. Be a part of it. Be involved. They are great resources. And I know, I personally know Jonathan at ETSU's BCM. He is fantastic. Get involved in your local church, number two. Get involved in your local church. So if, if you're here, be involved here. If you go to UT, be involved at whatever church is there. You know, if you're in a church in Johnson City, be involved there. But whatever church that you get plugged into, make sure they're a Bible-believing church. And then get plugged in. And what I mean by get involved is help lead. Take responsibility. Don't just be this passive well, I'll serve once a year. No, weekly be involved in something at the church. You'll be surprised how much you grow from it and how much joy that that brings you. Thirdly, surround yourself with people who will encourage you spiritually. Your friends that you have at this time will determine almost everything about what you do with your life. Because if they're doing something... I about guarantee you that you're going to do it too. So if they're doing good things, you're going to be doing good things. And if they're doing bad things, you're going to be doing bad things. Be careful who you let in your inner circle. Have good friends who believe in Jesus and will push you in that way. And fourthly, know that you have a community here that you can come back to, and that we love you and that you can ask questions. Don't just live life alone or not knowing if you if your professor say something say i don't know how to answer that it's okay you've got me here matt pastor burton other leaders in the church come ask us these questions we might not even know the answer but we'll help you figure it out and we're here for you and we love you don't just say well i i don't know and then let your professors or whoever else um your peers influence you because you don't have the answers we are here to help you and so i'll close with this uh quote from john popper out of the book don't waste your life he says this he says but whatever you do find the god-centered christ-exalting bible-saturated passion of your life and find your way to say it and live for it and die for it. And you will make a difference that lasts. You will not waste your life. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask all the graduates to come up front right here. And we're going to play a song in this meantime. And what I'm going to ask is those of you um, who feel comfortable and want to, if you would just come up and lay hands on them. And we're going to pray over them in this time while the song is playing. Pray your prayer of blessing upon them or whatever you feel like praying, but we ask that you would just come up in this time and pray on them.